Hi, this is Eric Derbyshire, and I'm welcoming you to another Adventures with Eric. And today we're going to listen to Chapter 37, The Biker Returns. A hot summer day, hot and sticky with lots of little bugs that always seemed to be crawling on my neck. It was a day that I would have liked to be somewhere cool. But no, we had chores to do. Chores! Who could ask for chores when it was so hot that it sucked the energy right out of a person? And that person without energy was specifically me. I had to take boxes from the basement out to the shed. It would have been okay if the boxes were in the basement, as it was at least cool down there. But the boxes had been set just outside the basement. My sister was the quick one. When she heard, you kids need to take all the boxes from the basement and put them in the shed, she replied, I will move them to the basement steps so Eric and I aren't in each other's way, and then he can put them in the shed. And as my mom agreed, my sister looked at me and stuck out her tongue. At that point, I didn't get what the issue was, but she was clever. She knew it was hot out and knew that moving the boxes in the basement was the easy part of the job. Whenever I got ahead of her and tried to take a break in the basement, she would yell to mom, Eric is in the basement and getting in my way. Mom would reply back, Eric, leave your sister alone and let her finish your jo her job so you can finish yours. I listened to this and rubbed the back of my sweaty neck and caught at least three little bugs trying to bite me. I should have been swimming. And just at that time, Spud walked up to me, proffering a bag of jawbreakers in my direction and looking at the stack of boxes. We should be swimming. Want some help? He asked. I do, but I'm already staying ahead of my sister, so this isn't where the help is needed. At hearing this, Spud went over to my sister, gave her a jawbreaker, and told her he was going to help her. She thanked them thanked him, and they began to double up on the boxes coming my way. Now I could no longer keep up. But just as that thought was going through my mind, Bernie and Katie walked up. Hey, we were thinking of going swimming. Are you up for it? Katie asked. No, I'm quite happy moving boxes. Of course I am for swimming, I replied. So Katie and Bernie grabbed some boxes, and things really began to move. With all the help, we were finished in no time. I went and gathered Spud and stuck my tongue out at my sister, and we headed upstairs. Eric, you can't go with your friends until everything is done, Mom said as we entered the room. Everything is done, and we are thinking of going swimming, I said. Everything? Already? Well, I had better check that, she was saying when my sister came up the stairs and said. Everything is finished. So Mom gave us some snacks and let us go on our way. Let's go to my place as I have to get my swimming trunks, Bernie said. So we all headed to Bernie's. Unfortunately, when we got there, Bernie's mom came outside and told him that they had company coming and he needed to stay to visit. Man, that is a bummer, I said. And we were all going to go swimming. Just as I had finished saying that, Katie's mom's car pulled into Bernie's driveway. Oh, Katie, so glad you're here. We have a PTA meeting and you and Bernie will need to see to the younger children. 
What? I thought I was visiting. Now it's babysitting, Bernie said. Bernie's mother answered, listen, young man, with that attitude, you won't be going anywhere in the near future. That seemed like the time for Spud and I to leave before we somehow got roped into babysitting with the other two. See you guys later. Have fun, we called as we closed the gate behind us. Both Bernie and Katie were giving us a look that was total envy. Boy, I bet if we had to name a color that those two were glaring at us, it would be green, I said. The deep green of envy, Spud replied. And we laughed as we headed for the lake. Spud's bike had a flat tire, so we had to walk. It was a long and hot walk. Eventually, we made it to the lake. In no time at all, we were in and cooling off. It is amazing how good cool water can feel on a hot day. Unfortunately, the swim was going to be short-lived, for as we were splashing around, Mike, Buck, and born-to-be-bad Eric rode up on their bikes. Well, look what we have here, Mike exclaimed. A couple of useless weenie-meisters having a little swim at our swimming hole. Can't have that, can we? Buck stated as he dropped his bike. Spud and I had assessed the situation, and as good men from Weenie, we decided that the best way out of this situation was to give Mike and his band of evil men what they were asking for. It is okay, Mike. We were just leaving, I said as we got out of the water and gathered, gathered up our stuff. We quickly pulled our shoes on and headed up the road. I thought it was a hot enough day that Mike would just opt to get into the lake and cool off. But this is Mike we are talking about. We hadn't walked far when Mike, Buck, and the other Eric had run up to us. Mike grabbed me by the throat with both hands. I grabbed his wrists, but he continued to choke me. This was a move that was starting to be very familiar to me. He had just done this to me at school a couple of weeks ago. Buck had tripped Spud, and he and born-to-be-bad Eric had jumped on Spud's back while he was lying on the ground. Somewhere deep in my mind, I was thinking I would rather have stayed in town and helped with babysitting. Things looked like they would get worse, but then we all kind of stopped as we heard a low roar that was getting louder. Mike stopped concentrating on choking me and looked toward where the sound was coming from. Born to be bad stopped jumping up and down on Spud's back. But Buck got up on one knee to get a better look. I could see a cloud of dust, and it was getting bigger, and the roar was getting louder. Then it became apparent what it was. It was a hog, and it was coming fast. We were all out on the road, and normally I would have moved, but my throat was being held. Mike seemed to size up the situation and decided the bike could go around us, but it didn't. It slowed down. It was him. The biker who had at one time let Spud and I sit on his bike. The biker from Dutchies. He didn't look impressed with what was happening. He slowed down, turned his bike around, and came right up to where Mike was holding me by the throat. As Spud was lying on his stomach with Buck and born-to-be-bad Eric kneeling on his back, Mike looked at the biker and relaxed his grip on my throat. The biker turned his hog off and kicked the stand down. He stood up and walked toward Mike. The biker wasn't that much bigger than Mike, but he looked mean. The tattoos on his face were evident, and as he was walking toward us, he was removing leather gloves from his hands. 
The muscles and veins in his arms were moving the tattoos as he did this. Do you want to tell me what you are doing? He said, and it was obvious he was directing this at Mike. Mike was looking the biker up and down and trying to decide if he could take him. Leave us alone. Whatever I'm doing, this weenie deserves it, Mike said, and he must have decided that the biker wasn't as scary as I thought him to be. Okay, kid, you have two choices. First choice, let go of Eric, and you other two, get off Spud. Or second choice is pain. Mike had a confused look on his face when it was clear the biker knew who we were. I don't know if it was that or Mike saw something dangerous as the biker got closer because Mike let go of my throat, stood up to his full height and backed up. The biker looked at me and asked, you okay? I think so. Thanks. I answered. During this time, the biker had never stopped moving. He just kept walking toward Mike, who was backing up. In the meantime, the other two had got off Spud, who was now brushing dirt off his shirt. They looked at the biker and immediately started running away. Mike was just starting to turn to run when the biker said, Don't start running, or I'm going to chase you and catch you, and you aren't going to like it. Mike faltered and kind of did a stutter step and then just stood glaring at the biker. You, you have no right to talk to me or to hurt me, Mike said with a quaver in his voice. And I saw that he was now quite afraid. He had underestimated this guy who wasn't that much bigger than him, but was obviously much stronger. So, did you have a right to grab Eric by the throat? Or have your friends rub Spud in the dirt? Do you have a right to hurt them? The biker said, and he had slowed, but he was still walking toward Mike, and was only about four steps from him now. I could see Buck, and Born to be Bad, hanging out just down the road and watching everything that was going on. You don't know what is going on. They, they've been stealing our stuff, and, 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 and... Mike had lost his words and didn't know what to say. The biker got right up to him and stopped with his face just inches from Mike's face. I don't think you know what is going on. You are going to leave them alone. You're going to stop making things up. And you're going to tell your friends that this is over. Got it? The biker said in almost a whisper. Got it, Mike said. What did you say? He said in an even quieter whisper. Got it, Mike said. And the biker stomped his foot quickly and loudly on the ground just in front of Mike's foot. Mike jumped and began to run away. The biker turned and looked at us. Are you guys okay? He asked. I think so, I said as I looked at Spud, who nodded in agreement. Thanks, mister. That could have got bad. Spud had finished had fished his paper bag of jawbreakers out of his pants pocket and was walking to the biker with it offered to him. The biker took the bag and shook a jawbreaker into his hand and gave Spud the, back the bag. You kids can catch me at Dutchie's if those jerks decide to keep picking on you. We're only here for a couple of weeks, so I don't imagine they will do anything until they are sure we are gone. But I can act as your muscle while I'm here, the biker said as he pulled back on his gloves and climbed back on his bike. He kicked the starter, and the bike roared to life. And just like that, all that was left was a trail of dust and the dwindling roar of the bike's engine. Wow, can you believe that? Spud asked. Nope. 
You never can tell how valuable giving somebody a jawbreaker is going to be. Do you think it will keep Mike away from us? Mike will leave us alone until he thinks that the bikers are gone. He may also take it easier on us, as I think he will be afraid, as he knows the bikers come back every summer. But Mike is Mike. He gets bored if he isn't picking on somebody, I said to sum it up. Earlier, I was thinking that I wished I was babysitting with Bernie and Katie. But I wouldn't have missed this for anything, I added. Yeah, I guess you're right, Spud said as we wandered toward home. We shuffled our feet in the dirt to make our own stream of dust. We just didn't have anything to imitate the roar of the hog's engine. Then we thought about it. We turned around and headed back to the lake. Mike and the other two were gathering up their bikes. They just glared at us and didn't say anything. We removed our clothes down to our swimming trunks and got back in the lake. The others rode off dressed in their sweat and frustration. Man, that water felt good. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Adventures with Eric. Please join me again in the near future when we can once again hear another adventure with Eric, Bernie, Spud, Scott, and Katie. Thank you.